0: Hi ora and welcome to Business Your Way. I'm Sandra Julian, your host and business transformation coach. This podcast is your go-to for strategies and mindset shifts to grow and scale your service-based business. No more constant hustling, just unstoppable, scalable growth with a soul-aligned essence. Join me in each episode as we uncover the secrets behind successful businesses and provide actionable insights. Let's transform your business, your way, and unlock the growth that you've been dreaming of. Alrighty, let's dive into this episode. Kia ora, Callum, welcome to the podcast. I am happy to be here on a Friday recording this episode with you. Just small fun fact, you are the first male that we have had on the podcast. So, yay you! Oh. So totally excited about our conversation today and yeah, some of the paths that we've explored, but let's kick start. I'm going to throw over to you for you to introduce yourself to our listeners.
1: Cool. Thank you very much first for having me here, Sandra, and I didn't realize I was the first male, so would you look at that. Uh, my <laughs> name is Carla Armstrong, as you might see on the screen. My background is in content marketing and social entrepreneurship. I'd love to tell you what I do now and maybe we can jump into how it got to there. So at this stage, I am a content marketing coach for B2B service businesses. So if you're doing a great job for your ideal clients, you get referrals, you might be networking, you don't have a predictable customer source. The, the online space is a huge opportunity, but it's also a complex world to navigate. And you want to do things that last long term. You don't want to take activities that just disappear when you take the accelerator off tomorrow. And that, that's kind of where we come in. Uh, I also have a few other hats I wear, run a charity called the Reforestation Fund to use content marketing to help bring more resources and awareness to community environmental projects around Aotearoa, and uh, also do a fortnightly newsletter called Improve Your Business Three Minutes at a Time, where we focus on one topic each fortnight and improve your business in that area.
0: Love that. So, how do you make your moolah? Like, what services do you offer in your current business in order to bring in that dollar?
1: So it's a great question. We are in a transition state at the moment. So right now I've been doing an agency and client service model for quite a while. So we do a lot of work for clients where we run their content, write blogs for them, emails, develop lead magnets. uh, I do a little bit of SEO, search engine optimization, Mm -hmm. and I build the odd website. Uh, But where we're moving towards is content marketing coaching. So we've got a few, a few group coaching clients in our program and also a couple of one-on-one clients that I work with. Uh, So yeah, that's kind of the mix at the moment.
0: Nice. So before I jump into your backstory, I just want to go down this path for a little bit is like I see you, you know, you've looks like from your website. Anyway, you started your business with the bit of the like DIY. If there is someone that comes into your sphere and they want to just DIY it, you had something for them. If they wanted to, Uh, work with you to get it done. You had that kind of service, which I think is what you're talking about now. Mm -hmm. And then you had that agency will do it for you type of service. So you had like the full spectrum of that range. Usually businesses, I would say, fall into one of those three ranges as opposed to all three. But talk me through the decision that you made when you started your business to, to actually put services into each of those buckets.
1: I like to make my life hard. (laughs) No, so I I started, when I started this business, I was a freelancer and and contract consultant, content writer. Uh, When we got to the first lockdown, I got a whole lot of results for clients and quite a few people had asked me to build an agency. And I didn't really want to. But then some opportunities came up, and it was just a no-brainer. And my other business was kind of non-essential at that point, so it wasn't doing much. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll, I'll turn this into an agency, and, and we built that up. And as we were going through the transition, you know, we've got an, an online course which doesn't have a website or landing pages. It's you know videos in a Google Doc with templates. We've got that, and DIY. Also, kind of if people need help, I, I guide them and advise them, and they they do it. Uh, they're done with you as the coaching and and the group programs we're building and obviously they're done for you as what's been the vast majority of our income and successes where we just do the work for them so so the 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 three-prong approach where we're looking at really pushing forward and building a larger team around this was I think we launched that around don't quote me on this I mean you're quoting me on it because we're on a (laughs) podcast around last year and in the last six months I've realized that I can move my flywheel really fast. I can work really hard, or I can just focus on one thing and do it a lot better with a lot less work and get clients better results. So that that's kind of how we, why I've got that and where we're moving. I'm, I'm someone who loves ideas, and so I put ideas out there and, and sometimes they're great, sometimes they work well, and, and sometimes they're not that great. And I think the, the DIY done with you, done for you is good at a larger scale at the scale and that, it doesn't quite make sense, which is, yeah, I guess where we're at.
0: Yeah, and pulls you in all different directions as opposed to actually giving you a focus.
1: It does, context switching maximum.
0: Oh, the context switching. That's a hidden little, like, gremlin that sits, you know, unconsciously inside us that yeah, until you realise you're doing it, you it can suck so much time.
1: Yeah.
0: Tell me about, you know, you just said to me before that – there was a demand from that client base to create the agency. What moved you out of that agency space? You know, can you dive into that a little bit further for me? What moved you or the decision behind moving from that agency model into that done with you coaching type services, which I hear you're leaning into more?
1: That's a really good question. And there's, do you mind if I touch on two prongs to this?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's an
1: identity... One, where you show up, who you are, what you should be doing, what you enjoy. And then there's also what's the long-term result of what you do. Uh, If you've got a good offer, you can sell anything up front. But then you've got to ask, if we succeed really well, where does that result? And so in that agency service model, we would typically write blogs for a client, for example. Those blogs would get recognised on Google. They would get thousands or tens of thousands of visitors a month to the client's website and they would say this is great we're not paying for these clicks and so then quite often that would result in the the scope of our contract increasing and getting larger and larger and larger and i i really felt like one it was a lot of hassle to manage especially as you're growing a team of very specialist skill sets but but two it's not building the capabilities of the client because they're Outsourcing that, and they don't retain those skills in house. Mm-hmm. And I, I just felt like, you know, doing right by the client in the long run to get them to their life goals and to their business goals, it's much better for the people I want to serve if we can build their capabilities so that they can determine their own futures. And a lot of stuff we do in an agency, I don't know if it's really complex or not, but quite often it's quite simple, and you just need help with the complex stuff and, and the simple things. You know, you can do it at a lower cost with better results and, and more longevity. And that, in my heart, that feels more right. You know, I, I think that's a big part of it. The other part would be, where should you show up? If, you, if you're if you relatively intelligent and you're relatively hardworking, you can do pretty much anything in this world. Uh, but that doesn't mean you should do everything. And, and I realized that running an agency wasn't my identity. It's not who I am. Uh, managing people and staff or managing managers isn't, in a service, that, that that type of delivery isn't my space. And the nature that, I don't want to say the transactional nature because a, an agency is a very, typically quite an in-depth relationship with the client, but just the nature of that service delivery wasn't, I felt, that well aligned with the way that I want to show up in the world and what I want to do with my time at work. Um, so, yeah, between getting clients a, a longer-term more substantial result that can scale with their business without scaling the cost is as, as one part. And the other part is just making sure that it fits my future and how I like to show up, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I love that because while you were talking, I was thinking, you know, it's still possible for an agency to be an integral part of a client's business yeah. and still be able to provide the client with a lot more consistency. So when their in-house team, like, turns over personnel or, you know, people leave, people come, people go, whatever that looks like, at least when they're working with an agency, there's consistency of that delivery. So like, I think that's a bonus of having like an agency or a contractor come into your business. Yes, it's a little bit more expensive than employing. That's what I was thinking to myself as you were explaining, but then the aha moment came is like, that's not how you want to show up in the world. That's not aligned to your heart and how you want to help your clients. And I think that's the key to it, right? Is we have to be building a business that is right for us and the way that we see the world and the way that we want to show up in the world.
1: Absolutely, and your podcast is called Business Your Way. which
0: Yeah, totally.
1: But just for context, I'm not knocking agencies whatsoever. Yeah. I think agencies are amazing, and some of the people I work with and various other agencies, I, I, I take my hat off to them, and the fact that someone can show up sincerely for what they do and get these results, and like you say, that longevity of if stuff turnover inside the company is happening, it provides yeah. that. That is the place. I think
0: yeah.
1: it, in... Baking a cake, for example, there's a lot of different components, right? You might buy this flour, but you might also be the person farming the the wheat on the field. Or you might be the person teaching them how to get their their cake baked better. And I much prefer saying, let's get you to the outcome of getting consistent customers from your website. Let's make sure that that's something that you can manage and you can lead. And it doesn't matter if you write all the blogs, with one of your staff, your admin, or you hire a marketing person, or you hire an agency or a contractor. An agency is quite often brought in for a specific deliverable or a specific yeah. component or element of your business. And, and one thing I quite often see things falling behind on is where a client will not understand the scope of the agency and ask yeah. for outside of that scope. So in many ways, moving to coaching is making sure that the right people are in the right place and mm-hmm. the, the work they're given is the right scope so that they can perform well without you know that... Being, uh, I'm trying to find the right word, but <laughs> it's quite loose and not as efficient towards your goals.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that does require a bit of work on the agency side to actually have those clear boundaries mm-hmm. and to identify when what the client is asking for is out of scope and be comfortable at having that conversation around this is out of scope and we would have to extend the scope and what that looks like and what that means. So, if those aren't conversations that you want to have as a person, then you're yeah, definitely like agency is the wrong space for you. So I really like what you said around, it's about how you want to show up in the world. So how did you get to deciding how you wanted to show up in the world? Like I heard you say that, you know, you're multi-passionate and you could do anything and you can do anything and, and we all can do anything we set our mind to. So how did you go about really diving inward to say this is how I would prefer not to show up in the world and this is how I want to show up in the world so therefore this is how I'm going to adjust my service offering what was that process yeah
1: so obviously there's journaling and walking and thinking about it and waking up in the night thinking what am I doing Yeah, but (laughs) At the core of it, it came down to thinking back on the last few years of what I enjoyed and what I didn't like in my business, but in particular what I really got passion from. And I found that, yeah, I love getting clients' results. Absolutely. I love it when I get paid. That's really nice too. But yeah. what I found the most enjoyment from was coaching my, my writers and my team and helping mm-hmm. them to upskill and meeting with clients. Even if I'd met for a sales call and I didn't, get the business, but I could share perspectives with them and share strategies and help them to unlock ideas and connect with the right people, regardless of whatever financial impact that had, Uh, just seeing someone through the knowledge and learning to level up and to get better results and then hearing the comments of this has helped me in my life in this way or this has helped my business in that way, uh, that really sticks with me and I, 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 I find myself glowing for days afterwards. And also I've got coaches myself and I'm just constantly admiring how this business model provides so much value for every dollar invested. Like the fact that I can go to my life coach or my naturopath or my coach that's helping me to build this business and they can say a few words and maybe give me a template and point to an example. And that completely changes my perspective and outlook on some part of life or business. And it's just so powerful. And if I can help people with that level of leverage to to help them to see different possibilities, it, it's just that is really enduring results. And yeah. yeah. I I guess I mean, in in the essence, it's in, in the essence of it, it's like I like to yeah, level up the people as a product rather than the deliverable. And that's just where I want to show yeah. up. Yeah.
0: So good. Like getting to that point of realizing that's how you want to show up in the world. Ah uh, so many lessons to be learned just from that pure sentence alone
1: but it's also a scary process uh, you changes oh, for can't. sure like it's easy to stay comfortable even if it's not fully comfortable because it's it's the burden you know yeah. but it's worth it
0: what would you say your superpower is like un- un- uncovering all of this to work out how you want to show up in the world and actually what sparks joy for you what was the superpower that you came up with my superpower is like writing content or having conversations that sparks the what's possible for that other person. Like, what's that superpower for you, do you think?
1: I think it's ideas and learning, and that brings together strategy is when you turn that into action. Yes. Um, I I can sit on Wikipedia going through rabbit holes for hours on end and feel energized after five hours of reading Wikipedia. You know, at, at school I didn't really value... The, the value of teachers, and it was only when I got to university that I realised just how valuable this this part of society is. And I think it's that both sides of the same coin: of learning and teaching. And but I'm still new to the teaching space, so yeah. But learning and ideas is definitely where I thrive and live. Here. Yeah.
0: Did it take you a while to get there to really understand these are my superpowers? This these are my strengths and and then, leaning into it, you know, here in Aotearoa, we've got tall poppy syndrome. so actually going, actually, this is what I'm good at and and embracing that isn't something that we see often or isn't talked about often?
1: Yeah, and it's quite quite scary that tall poppy syndrome. I, I think I grew up, and um, my father was was a businessman. And I absolutely idolized him growing up. And he had a ran businesses that were product based. And so, you know, wholesale distribution, uh, selling, dealing with retail on a product transaction. And when I got into the workforce, I I didn't really consider services as maybe a place I wanted to show up. So it was always I, I built a natural skincare business to help reforest the country, which is I guess a completely different topic, but, you know, we had these these bed oils and skin oils and stuff like that. And so those were the products I was selling. And I used to work for him selling floor coverings. And I think, where was I going with this? The, the realising that just because I've learned business in terms of selling a product the whole time doesn't mean that I actually have to be someone that sells products.
0: Mm-hmm. And when
1: I let go of that attachment to this is who I have to be and I saw that I could actually be whoever I want that service side really lifted up and, and shone through.
0: Nice. And you just followed that instinct?
1: Yeah, but I, I think there's something a bit more integral to it. Which Do you mind if I, I share a bit of context yeah. of how this Absolutely. came about? So I, I didn't get into business to get rich, uh, although yeah. I had be nice to. I got into business to help bring native forest back to the country. Um, that's yeah. my cold That's the reason why I get out of bed. Yeah. So I started in early 2018. With a business called manuka essentials and I, I discovered that all these research papers around manuka essential oil uh, the which for context is when you put steam through manuka leaves uh, the, the plant they create this really powerful essential oil has crazy health benefits uh, but i also found that manuka was the first stage in regenerating a native forest and that it grows deep and flexible root systems, creates canopy cover for other native plants, uh, a home for invertebrates, which attracts birds, which brings the seeds, et cetera. And I found that there wasn't that much demand outside of the honey market. And so I thought, well, I can create, if we could make it more profitable for landowners to plant native forest, then over our lifetimes, we might see native forest, but come back to the country. So that's what got me into business. And at the same time, I had a friend who had a marketing agency And I was talking to him one day over a a meal and I said, oh, I'll I'll write some blogs for a laugh. I'm going backpacking over in Asia and I'm I'm not looking for a job, but if you find someone lets you down and you you find yourself at a loose end, just give me a call and I'll do it for a joke. And that turned into content writing. I kind of just fell into it. And while I was starting this business, that's what paid for my bills. And like I said, I was doing good work and I was asked to build an agency by some clients a, a number of times. And it was really when Manuka Essentials dropped to nothing uh, over Mm -hmm. lockdown and people were presenting these really attractive deals and other people were saying, can we work for you? I thought, well, I should probably do something with this. So when we started Paste and Publish, we set aside 5% of top-line revenue to pay our team to do free work in a marketing context for community environmental groups, building their websites, running fundraising campaigns, that kind of thing. And and it's kind of all rolled into what you see now. So... You can see a finished product of a person's career or something they've made, and just look at that highlight reel. But I think it's really important to, to see the context, and that uh, yeah, that's sort of what got me to there.
0: Nice, such a interesting story. You know, our lives take many turns and bends, and the decisions that we make, and when the doors open and the paths that we follow, you know they they all build such rich character and depth to our person. So Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that. That's really special. I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a big favour. If you are loving this podcast and this episode, I would be grateful if you could share it with a friend. Or even better yet, jump over onto Instagram and share it on your stories. Don't forget to tag me. I'm sandrajulian.co. That really is the best way for others to find out about this podcast and I thank you in advance. Alrighty, back to the episode. So talk to me a little bit more about content marketing. So you started off in the blog space doing blogs and writing content. How would you describe content marketing? Like I find that's a strange word, um, but it's well used, you know, and I'm like, when I first came across it, I'm like, content marketing, what does that even mean? But I probably have a very limited kind of understanding of that term in and of itself. So how would you describe content marketing?
1: I'm glad you asked uh, <laughs> because when I talk to people about content marketing, it's, it's there isn't a clear understanding Yeah. One person says it's posting on TikTok, the next person says it's running an email or a blog, and someone else says it's running ads. And so I think to understand content marketing, we need to look at what business is about. So no matter what we buy, we go through a series of stages in our buying process. First, we're unaware of our problem. Then we become aware that we've got a problem. Then we become aware there's a solution. Then we're ready to buy then we might buy it and come back and for it to our friends, et cetera. And at each stage of that buying journey, whether it's one-to-one in person, whether it's online and you don't actually have any face-to-face interaction with your customer, there's information that needs to be transferred for someone to move to the next stage and to be ready to buy. And content marketing is simply taking that information transfer and putting it into blogs, websites, assets that you can create once that can be used many, if not unlimited times, so that it makes you efficient. And, um, and then I guess that's at the core of it. And then if you think about executing on content marketing, it comes to how are you doing it so that you're not repeating and doubling up on work? How is it evergreen so that you create it today and it's still relevant in five years' time? What are the systems? What are the teams? How do you get into it? But at its core, really, content is just the media behind it. and and to take that one step further that information that is transferred if it's not through a face-to-face conversation is through media so media can be anything from the ad copy you see to the website to the email you receive etc and they come down into three forms so it's either media that you own that's your intellectual property your website your emails etc your blogs uh media that you earn so Showing up on someone's podcast, uh, for example, yeah. <laughs> uh, posting a blog on someone's website, being featured on the news, for example, and then paid media. So, earned media is when you're, I guess, earning the right to be in someone's audience, and paid media is when you're paying to be in front of someone's audience. You know, buying yeah. ads, going yeah. on TV, sponsoring user, etc.
0: Nice, like that, like that, Lars. All right, so content marketing. It's copy. It's images. It's like when we think about content, we could be thinking social media, TikTok images, short content. We could be talking websites, which is all your key messaging. Then we could be talking blogs, which is all about search engine optimization to drive traffic there, long form content. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of things. Is there? Yeah, totally. How do you recommend people start with a content marketing strategy?
1: Who's your ideal customer?
0: Yeah, so that's where you start is who's the customer? What keeps them awake at night?
1: Yeah, and and we're all different people in different moments of our lives. Like I'm a different person now to when I talk to my girlfriend and that's a different person to when I'm ordering fish and chips. And so in the context of the problem that you solve for them, who are they? Like why do they have the problem? Why do they want to solve it? And so I say the first thing is talk to your customers, understand their pain points. I've got like a a template maybe to share it if you like, which is an interview toolkit. Uh, So, you know, all the questions you need to ask. And then basically you find out what challenges your customers are facing, what they see in your solution, why they value your solution what the outcome looks like, why they want that outcome. And then that's the first stage at really planning out your content marketing. But the first thing I said when you asked about what content marketing is, is that there's these stages in the buying process. And to avoid overcomplicating your whole strategy, it's easy to think, well, what are we doing at each stage? What what messages are we sharing based on what our customers are saying? Their pain points are in their own lingo. And where are we sharing it? A really simple example would be I have a service page on my website, which is for people that are ready to buy the solution and are considering whether to buy from me. I might have some kind of lead magnet download, uh yeah, an ebook, a checklist, a template, something like that, which people who are aware of a solution, aware of their problem, are kind of considering what they should do, can download and get the answers on a silver platter for them. And then up from that, I might have ways of getting people to find that lead magnet and find those services pages. That might be blogs. They might be optimized for search engines. I might take some of the information from the blogs and turn that into social posts for my following. I might collaborate on webinars and and articles and whatnot with other people. And, and there's a million ways it can play out. Yeah. But start with the customer's problem, because even if you don't create content, at least you know why people are dealing with you. and. I think one of the biggest things I've seen in the last six years of doing this is a tendency to act before understanding.
0: Yeah.
1: A tendency to say, oh, let's write a blog, let's publish a new website page, let's do some social posts. Cool. But actually, and with Chat GPT, it's even <laughs> more there's more tendency here because you can say, Oh, I can do it in 60 seconds. So why should I why should I go through all this effort? It's like, okay, but the people that no matter who you're dealing with who you're seeking to serve, they've got limited time in the day and it's a privilege that they're spending their attention on your content. So, you know, why should they? Yeah, I guess that'd be the first stepping off point into this space.
0: Yeah, it's just understanding your customer and how your solution or your services meets their need. Because if there's a mismatch there, you could do all the content marketing in the world and it's never going to land because you haven't really nailed who you're serving and how you're helping them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter what the medium is, you can get all technical yeah. and complex, but at the end of the day, if you're doing that right and the yeah. people you're wanting to serve see it, not every person's going to buy from you, but you've got the most likelihood of having it. If you're not doing that right, then the rest of it doesn't really matter that much.
0: Okay, cool. Because there's, you know, so many points of view that come at us, you know, in a digital space. And it's like, choose one social media platform, choose one long-form content, choose, you know, list goes on. And there's always someone saying, this is better than that, this is better than that, this is better than that. And then that's where this entrepreneurial what do you call it? Overwhelm or remaining being stuck because you just don't know where to go next or you try that one thing and it doesn't work. So you're off trying the next thing because someone else said something different. So you're, you're being drawn into this shiny object syndrome. But what I see so often is people get stuck in indecision because there is so much choice in the world today.
1: Yeah. And uh, like I do this full-time for a living and I still suffer from that. So it's
0: not,
1: <laughs> like, it, it, it's not something that you get over. And I think we talked about at its very core, there's this journey of solving a problem. All these things that you're seeing, someone saying this app or this platform is better than that or this strategy better than that, these are tactical. These are building on top of your customer journey. Most t- tactics and strategies work. Some might be better than others for you if you meet certain criteria. But there's no reason why you can't get just as good results with a YouTube video as a blog. And quite often it comes down to execution. And if we jump between 10 different things, we execute poorly on 10 things where having a, a strategy that was half as good as the one you see in that Facebook ad, but you do every day for you know three years, I'd say is going to be a lot better for your future.
0: Yeah. yeah. So again, comes back to what do you want to do? How do you want to show up in the world? Do you want to show up in the world on video and take YouTube as your platform? Or do you want to show up on a podcast or none of that, and you're just happy sit at your desk and write a blog that it like gets all of your knowledge and can help your customer through the written content. So yeah. really comes back to what works for you? As the business owner, as the entrepreneur, how do you want to show up in the world and what kind of content resonates with you? And start yeah. there.
1: And I'll take a stab in the dark and uh, and argue that the audience that's listening to this probably isn't the CEOs of the world's largest companies. In yeah. which case, you've got these crazy budgets and you should be everywhere doing everything. But for your average small to medium-sized service business, like just make it work for you. You know, yeah. if, if you optimise... 10% or 1% better over there because you had a slightly better strategy. Great. Good stuff if that makes a meaningful difference. But how much leverage do you really have? Like, And is that getting in the way of showing up and doing something that works and is consistent and sustainable? I'd say the sustainable regular action towards solving those customers' problems and whatever medium and tactics you use comes before, like, tinkering at the edges. Like, that. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm... <laughs> I like I because this isn't my wheelhouse. Yeah. I've you know, still, I know in my heart that I'm like, you have to commit to one thing, that one thing has to be easy for you, although it might be a little bit uncomfortable. And then once you commit, that's where the results are going to come from, mm-hmm. not by changing your mind every 30 days. That's Oh, like I don't think that's ever going to work for anybody because you're not giving it consistency and commitment to have any traction for you. No, okay. So okay. yeah, I'm I'm all about the consistency and the commitment and going all in on your decision and giving it the best shot you can before deciding or even evaluating is this working for me? Have I been committed and consistent? And is it giving me the right results? And if it's not, then it's like, all right, well, then how do I tweak that in order to improve those results? Do I like just need to add another ingredient into it? Or do I re- need to remove an ingredient from it? Like, what does that tweak need to be? And then be committed and consistent again to doing that thing. And right. you will get results. Like... I'm I'm kind of with you. It, it doesn't matter what platform you use; everyone will have success. That's why these platforms exist because people are having success on them, but they're not necessarily for everybody. But I think it's like choosing where do you want to show up, what kind of content do you want to create, and then be consistent and committed to it.
1: Mm, it's so refreshing to hear. <laughs> For sure, yeah. I mean
0: I like routine you know so I'm consistent like I find consistency easy but not everyone does so yeah, sure. but I know consistency gets results like I know that like deep down so when I'm not seeing results it's like am I consistent and am I committed and if I'm not committed what alignment is out mm. there will be an alignment problem if I'm not committed because if I enjoy it and I can see the potential of it and it feels aligned then it's just about the consistency but if something is something is hard and it doesn't feel aligned then the commitment is never going to be there and then the consistency will never follow
1: (laughs) absolutely I I think also we've got to cut ourselves some slack as business owners like when you're income and your results and also to some extent your egos riding on the results and the success Mm -hmm. it's easy to take i tried something for a week and it didn't work as i must not be good enough and there is a delay there's a lag effect in doing it if you had a team of people that you hired full-time staff to do this they would just show up and do it and if you didn't get results in a week they'd still go home with their paycheck and they'd still consistently do it until it got results or until something changed in your business And I think it's important to keep that in mind when it's the owner that's doing the marketing or you've got a tight budget and you're paying for someone to do it and you're looking at the numbers really closely is to say, well, are we giving this plant enough sun and water to grow or are we pulling the roots out while it's still a seedling to see if it's alive?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What kind of advice do you give your clients when they go, where on earth do I start?" Like. So they're, they're really clear on who they serve and they're really clear on the solution. They've packaged that up, you know, they've they've put that into, here's how they buy from me and now they're making a decision around, all right, now I know I have to go out into the world and where do I even start making those decisions around what kind of content I want to create to reach the person I know I want to work with to to make them aware that this solution exists for the problems that they have? Like, what advice do you give the client, your clients at that point?
1: So this is where I think it's important to not double up on work. It's easy to say, right, we will try a whole lot of tactics. I typically put in systems. So do you want me to run through the systems we I recommend
0: yeah, it. go. It, it's, it's I'm all about systems.
1: And, and a lot of them are really simple. It's just a basic Google Doc um, or Google yep. Sheet. So you have an idea farm. Um, for me, this is a, a Google Keep note uh, for clients. It might be a spreadsheet or a document. Uh, you, you put down some some stages in the buying journey from unaware to solution ready. Yep. When you go about your life and you 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 chat with a customer that's got a problem or you wake up in the night and think about something or you're going about your work doing some client service and, and something comes up. Add those ideas to the idea farm. Schedule some time each week or fortnight or month where you go through the idea farm and then schedule your ideas. Create what we call a content calendar. It's really simple. It's just a calendar with dates on when your content is going to go live. Yeah. Um, I use Asana. I find it really useful. Put it in there that this is when we're going to create this content. And then... That's I guess planning it and scheduling it. Obviously, there's a lot of process and checklist you can do to make it better and higher quality and more efficient, etc. Yeah. Um, but then, what what should you talk about? What topics should you do? Typically, I like to start off at the pain points, and right. that stage, you know, it's it's easy to get a lot of awareness on hot topics that are somewhat vaguely related to your audience and your industry. Right. Um, there's a lot of that, but that doesn't always result in people moving through to thinking about buying from you. So what are the key challenges that people need solving? For example, I, I had this client, they did e-commerce accounting software that automated the accounting process of getting your data into your accounting system. And we identified that one of the key challenges that, that their customers were facing was where they didn't have the right systems in place for their bookkeeping, their accounting. And so you have to put your systems in place. You need to know that your VA is doing so many reconciliations every week before it makes sense to actually buy the software. So we created this bookkeeping checklist, which had you know all eight different areas from accounts payable, receivable, inventory, CFO, duties, all that stuff. But then we had processes that you needed to implement in phase one, two, and three at each stage of your business growth, and then 35 pages on how it works. And then also in each process, wherever it was possible, here's how our software is better and how it makes your life easier. So then we can go out and we can give that to people. We can take those processes and all that work, which is a lot of work, don't get me wrong, but that can turn into 10 different blocks. That can turn into three or four different webinars. It can turn into three to six months of social posts. It can turn into collaborations. Every time you've got an opportunity to talk to someone and you don't feel like it's right to do a hard sales pitch, hey, what about that? Do you want to take this bookkeeping checklist? To me, when I think about what is the first area of content you should create, the thing that is going to convert people, it is, can we create something that solves the problem that they would have happily paid some a few dollars to solve, but we give it to them for free? And that creates a really good first impression on that relationship. So that, that's the first thing is, how are we actually converting them from being aware to being interested and right. starting to build trust? Ideally, it's something you can get them onto your email list so that you can continue communicating with them. Uh, regardless of what happens. That's one thing. I think there's a few other key elements of content. So you want to create it once and not repeat it the same work. So if you do that and you invest in what I call primary content, so it might be your lead magnet, it might just be a really high-quality blog or a YouTube video, and you do that really well, that that can be repurposed into other forms of content with minimal effort. Um, and, And that's where... AI tools like ChatGPT can come in handy as saying, you know, write an outline from this or this angle, etc. Uh, aside from that, if you, you've got clients and you're doing a really good job and you're getting great results, especially if you're in the B2B space, you want to look at case studies. Really simple. What was the problem that your customer was facing? What solution did you present? How did you go about it? What was the outcome? What's an overview of it? Can we get some quotes and testimonials from them? Uh, these don't have to be complex and it doesn't have to be any specific format but if you can have these then you can show up to potential customers um and then i think beyond that is just start somewhere and expect that you're not going to get results straight away but that the assets you create the content you produce is it's your intellectual property it's there for forever so yeah is is that does that kind of ask you yeah
0: yeah i mean and all the things that people need to think about, like where to start with their content marketing, those are some really good tips. But I, I think the key that underlined that for me was it's the long game. It's the longevity of the work that you do. So, you know, even though we live in an instant society now where everything's available at the click of our fingers, we can get food delivered to our door right from our mobile apps, you know, and, We want to post something on social media and all of a sudden have it go viral. So, thinking about content media, this is the long game that we're investing in. It's got longevity to it. Create it, you know, repurpose it. That's really a sustainable model for business. So, you know, and now I can see how, you know, your passion for rejuvenating and replanting native forests and the content creation with the longevity and sustainability and business, like, it really speaks to who you are as a person, right? So love that.
1: (laughs) And just as an example, the first really high-quality plant your fat flag in the sand piece of content I created, I was sitting in a resort and, well, backpacker kind of style place in Langkawi in Malaysia, and I think it was November 2017, and it took me 30 hours of work. That piece is still generating leads and customers for the client today.
0: Incredible.
1: Five and a half years later?
0: Yeah. Six years, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you think about 30 hours of work, but six hours of benefit, the RIO is like nothing.
1: 100%. Yeah. All
0: right. One thing that just came up, and that was AI. Where does AI fit into this picture for you, when it comes to content creation?
1: Hmm, I've got a slightly unconventional view on AI. <laughs> um, love it. Let's have it. I love it, and I use Chat GPT every day. And I'm not saying we, we kind of associate Chat GPT with AI. It's only one of many tools, but yeah. So I'll, I'll look at that. I, I see people, especially those who aren't well versed in content, just. Delegating it as if it was your marketing agency. And the results are pretty below average, to be fair. I read an article from I think it was from McKinsey and Company. It was, there's a guy, Charlie Guo, um, Artificial Ignorance Newsletter, and he had it as a topic of one of his newsletters, which was this concept that AI, in particular, Chat GPT, is best used as either an intern or a mentor. And that's how I use it. So If I'm doing research for uh, a blog, yeah, I'll research what the top articles are doing and I'll interview customers and experts, et cetera. But I'll, as an early stage, I'll say, hey, I'm looking at this. Can you research this particular topic? Bring me these answers, reference your sources, make sure the sources are credible, et cetera. And then I'll have a look at what it says and check the sources. And then I'll ask questions upon that. And I can go five to 10 questions deep in the time it would have taken to just research the first source
0: but mm-hmm. so that's
1: one thing and obviously as an intern you know you've got your lead magnet you upload the lead magnet you say give me 10 different potential angles we can take here's our ideal customer here's the problems they're facing here's how we're going to distribute this content here's the type of content and you can kind of get your structures and outlines and skeletons or or I might give it a blog and say what's missing what am I what am I forgetting how can I improve oh that's more the mental side so anyway the intern side is yeah. take grant grunt work off off the hands, but you're not going to put mission critical stuff onto an intern. that the, the mm-hmm. mental coach side is, I guess, bouncing stuff off it and learning from it. So, for example, I'm writing a website for a client at the moment, and I know the information because I've interviewed the client and I've looked at their competitors, and I know the message I need to get across. But finding those exact words is a real pain. <laughs> like, mm. You know, you might have a, a title halfway down the page and you know what you want to include in the paragraph, but that title is just, it's irking you. And and in the past, I could spend 10, 15 minutes writing down five different options. And I'll just say, here's the content I want to include. Here's uh, roughly like, here's the audience. Give me 10 different ideas and it'll give me those ideas. And I'll say, oh, it's kind of missed the mark in this way. Can we do it like that? Um, so that's one way. I, I do definitely find when it's wording blocks, Preventing a blank page. Oh, but even then, I won't take what it gives me.
0: Yeah, I'll still,
1: I'll, I'll still maybe ask and refine and dig deeper, and then pull two or three of its answers together, and then rewrite yeah. that in my own way. Yeah, I love
0: that. Then, then I feel as though I am on track with how I'm using like ChatGPT for sure, because yes. you know, I had to write a reference the other day, and I'm like, I just want to give it a whole lot of. This is great. This is great. This is great. This is great. And just bullet point all of the things that I loved about working with this with this person. But what I find is the finessing of that to take me ages. So I just put it into Chat GPT. Put all my bullet points that I wanted to cover on my reference and said to them, "This is what this person did for me. Um, this is how long we worked together." And these are the things that I really loved about what they did for us. Can you write me a reference that can go to their website? So I gave it specific, like, this is where I want it to go. And, and then it gave me back this beautiful, like, page-long reference. And I'm like, whoa, hold on a minute. Can you reduce that to three paragraphs of two sentences each? And then it just completely reworded it for me. And then I was like, okay, that's not quite on. So then I like finessed it myself, but at least I got the bones of what I wanted to say in a really nice structure. And then I just added my own personal touches to what it gave me and then sent it off. So I love that that's how it saves me time. It's just, it helps give me a, something to go with. So in my, um, one of my Clifton strengths, I'm a maximizer. So a maximizer starts with something and then makes it better. So when I have GPT, I can put in my thoughts, it can create my initial thing, content. I don't use it for blogs, I have a whole writer for that, because, yeah, that would be terrible. But at least it, it helps me get speedier at those things that would otherwise take me a really long period of time to construct my ideas into a thoughtful way that I really wanted to say it and to to move it off my desk. So what probably could have taken me an hour took me 10 minutes. That's
1: awesome. Mm. I, I really love that approach. Yeah, it's really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you know what you were saying about it's an intern or it's a mentor that can like your your example of giving you you know here here are the reference points here's the research here's the here's the sources like I hadn't thought about doing that before like that blew my mind so right the fact that we can use you know these tools to make that information gathering a lot quicker. Yeah, I think that's the real bonus, right, as opposed to relying on it to write the blog. Yeah,
1: and when I started my career, um, you had people saying we can outsource this to writers that are learning English for two cents a word and you'll get 100 blogs for the price of one, whatever the price was, right? And in many ways, that's the challenge I see people trying to do with ChatGPT now, but also when I was starting... I think the main blog writing technique, which is still quite relevant now was um, skyscraper content. So if you're targeting a particular keyword, you would read the top five or 10 or 20 blogs on that topic and you would take out all the key points they cover and do that and then add value on top of that. And uh-huh. that I could spend like five hours doing all this research for a blog and maybe two or three hours writing it. And Chat, that, that's the kind of thing that ChatGPT really excels at, and you can take those hours and turn it into twenty minutes of the chat with it, and just yeah. verify and validate. Obviously, don't believe everything at first yeah. sight; it, yeah. it doesn't look that. But
0: yeah, yeah, because yeah, again, it, it's still machine-driven, right? So it's yeah. if you want to keep your integrity intact, then check the references, check the sources, and make sure that actually what you're what you're putting out there is aligned to your beliefs at the end of the day absolutely That's key to it yeah. yeah callum i have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation we've gone in many directions and now i've got a new light on content marketing if people wanted to reach out to you where do you hang out most on social media so i spend
1: quite a bit of time on linkedin i've just okay, really nice. started getting into it late last year yeah. people love to connect on LinkedIn. Um, nice. I gotta keep my Facebook and Instagram for just personal use so I don't tend yeah. to accept what I don't know personally
0: yeah okay nice all right so if people want to reach out dive into this further with you LinkedIn I'll put all of uh, that link into the show notes one last question that I like to ask all of my guests who have been in that agency space what are three things that you would like to share with others who who are growing a service-based business
1: Great. I actually put some tip notes down before this call. So nice. firstly, it's easy to focus on the features of what we do, on the deliverables, on the process when we're talking to clients, focus on the offer and outcomes. I'm yet to find a business where people aren't coming to get to an outcome. So people might mm-hmm. say, I want your SEO services. What they really want is free traffic they don't have to pay for. that gets them customers on their sleep. Mm-hmm. So that's the outcome. Offer of that. And then yeah. how am I going to get you there? That's my offer. So we can overcomplicate what we do, and, and I'm definitely guilty for this, mm. just as much as everyone else, probably more. Um, but if you stick to that, then it's a lot easier for your customers, especially if they're not a technical expert in what you do. Uh, secondly, yes. is if if you're just starting, it doesn't always make sense to create heaps of content, but as you go through and you and sometimes it does, right? But as you go through and you understand your audience better, crystallise your thoughts with content, and then when you feel the need to re- repeat something you've said before, you can have a quick chat and then link them to that blog or that article or that video or that post. Uh, it saves you time, and it also creates a motive of content around you, which just helps to grow. And you know your your future self will thank you. And thirdly, take it one bite at a time, and don't go too hard on yourself. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm a hypocrite saying this because I'm running three organisations and every time I finish one project, I start, start a new one. Um, and then if I don't reach the moon, I kind of get upset. So that's just me. But, like, learn from that, right? Like, you know, if you show up and you do a few things each day and they compound and like you said, we avoid shiny object syndrome, then mm. that can compile over you know, a few years into something really beautiful that can really bring your life and your future, and your dreams to life.
0: Nice. Very wise tips, and not not super obvious. So love that. All right, Callum, thank you so much for being here on the podcast, sharing your journey, sharing how you're showing up in the world, and giving us some really solid tips on how to think about our content marketing and maybe systems behind what we're doing with our content marketing and why content marketing is good for your business. So I appreciate you with everything that you shared today. Lovely to have you.
1: Thank you so much, Sandra. I really appreciate having, being able to come on here and and yeah, thank you to everyone who's listening.
0: Before you go today, if you are ready to make some bold moves in 2024, I invite you to book a discovery call with me. Let's have a chat about your unique needs and explore how my Being Boss Pāhi Puawai Coaching Program can elevate your business to new heights this year. I encourage you to act quickly though because my prices are set to increase when I complete my business coach certification which I am currently doing. So if you want to seize the opportunity to get some coaching with me at a ridiculously low price, then head on over to sandrajulian.co forward slash coaching, book that discovery call, and let's have a conversation about how we can transform your business in 2024. Thank you so much for tuning in to Business Your Way. Remember, your success is my mission, and that is what I'm here for. Until next time, stay inspired and keep being the boss and building your business your way.